How do you, as a leader of a growing community, truly make a conference or event that has impact? A gathering with purpose and an attendee experience that knocks their socks off? An event that leaves your audience in awe and wondering where you've been their whole life? Make It Kick-Ass is the podcast that explores these questions by uncovering the strategies, tactics, and tools that we use every day to bring our clients' conferences to life. I'm Isaac Watson, executive producer of Kick-Ass Conferences, and we're here to help you make it kick-ass. Welcome back, everyone, for another episode of Make It Kick-Ass. I am executive producer at Kick-Ass Conferences, Isaac Watson, and with me, as always, dependable, reliable, amazing, Nessa Jimenez, operations manager. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I'm just going to try and come up with a new hilarious intro for you. I mean, <laughs> they're not hilarious. They're kind of dumb. But um, somehow I will convey how much I value the work you do I <laughs> on a regular them, so basis. That's what matters. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, if you are fresh into joining us for this season, we are changing up the format a little bit from what we did in season one. This season is focused on ask, answering those uh, frequently asked questions from people we talk to about the work that we do, uh, whether they are clients or people interested in our services or people who just find out that we organize events. These questions inevitably come up. Uh, but what we've learned over the years is that uh, the question that gets asked is not necessarily the question that they're really asking. So in each episode, we are teasing out one of these questions and digging into uh, what they really mean, what maybe some of the underlying concerns or problems are uh, that are leading to these questions, and how uh, we can reframe or think about things a little bit differently uh, to offer solutions for that. So on that note, today's question uh, is actually a twofer. Uh, it's two questions that often come hand in hand. And as we were uh, diving into uh, planning out this episode, we thought that it made sense to just tackle both at once because the underlying questions and issues behind them are uh, kind of the same. So uh, first part of the question is, how do I get sponsors for my conference? And the second part of the question is, well, how do I make a sponsorship deck for an event so that I can get those sponsors, right? Uh, so, so this episode is going to be a, a bit about sponsorship, um, which is a hot topic for a lot of people. Uh, it is also an ever-changing situation, uh, but hopefully we can offer a little clarity around this. So uh, let's start by figuring out what people actually mean when they ask how they get sponsors for their conference or how do they make a sponsorship deck. Nessa, why don't you uh, spill some tea on what you see uh, is the real question behind it all. Right. So when we sit down with a new client and start having these conversations about uh, sponsorships, what they're actually asking is, how am I going to pay for all this? How do I generate revenue from this event? Um, I've been to conferences and I see logos on the conference website. And, I, you know, and I know that logos means that somebody paid for that. So I, I want to do that because I need money. <laughs> so let's try to do that. Right. Uh -huh, like they come uh -huh. in understanding that sponsorships a thing, but they don't really understand like beyond. OK, they put the logo on the page. Right. Um, so that's the first one. Right. Like I've seen this in other conferences. I know that there's some money 
involved in this so i think that that'll help me and i want to do that right but i don't know how or how to start mm -hmm. the second one is how do i convince strangers to give me a lot of money um because maybe they understand how sponsorships work um someone who's a little bit uh deeper into the event world conference world right um and they just don't know, like, how, how do you do it? Like, I know it happens, but how does that conversation, how do I even start that conversation? How do, how do I go up to like a big old company and say, can I have $10,000 please? Like mm -hmm. it, it, it is a, it's a big ask and it, it, they feel like I have to ask a stranger for money. Uh, 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 and related to that kind of like the part B is how do I ask these strangers to give me a lot of money? So, so mm -hmm. it's the, the logistical of like, what does that email look like? Or what does that call look like? And then it's the strategic behind, um, how, what what do I need to do? What can I give them? What do I have to do to make that money come my way? Mm -hmm. And and I will add that I think that the the some of this um, line of questioning and this reasoning comes from the desire to uh, leverage sponsorship revenue to uh, to uh, decrease the amount of ticket revenue you might need from right. your audience. Right. And so it's a, it's a, a little bit of a give and take in trying to, um, tease out how, how, how do I get people to essentially subsidize my attendees to attend, uh, because I don't want to charge the attendees any more than I have to. Correct. And this could be the case of a, uh, an event where, they know they want it to be free. So sponsorship money would literally be the only revenue coming in mm -hmm. or a, a, a host who understands their audience and they understand that, um, you know, the ticket cost that their audience can afford is really not going to be enough to cover everything they want to do. So that sponsorship dollars can really help complete, uh, the whole budget package. Mm -hmm. Um, so now that we know what they're actually asking, right? So it's this world of like, I get that this is a thing I want to do, but I don't actually know what's up. W what is the actual problems that we tend to encounter with these kinds of questions? Well, I think um, one of them, I mean, going to this, like, how do I convince strangers to give me a lot of money? Mm -hmm. um, the actual problem under that is is not having or knowing how to utilize pre-existing relationships um with this this notion that it's that it's all essentially cold calling and cold emailing exactly um and that you know they don't know you from anybody else in the world and here you are asking for 10k 50k $2500 it doesn't really matter how much the amount is um it's it's about this kind of fear of the cold pitch um, and so, so if you don't, um, if you aren't, um, I don't want to use the word leveraging, um, if you are not, uh, leaning into the pre-existing relationships that you have for your sponsorship asks, then it's going to make that process a lot harder. Now, some people might counter and say, well, but I don't want to, I don't want to destroy the relationships I have by asking for money. And that's not necessarily what you need to do. Um, your pre-existing relationships are not just like your, your, the people in your network are not wallets. 
that you get to raid, right? These are relationships that you have. They could be people who can introduce you to others. They could be people who are willing to support uh, your event from a marketing perspective. Uh, and some of them may be uh, financial contributors. Um, but it's really about that, like not understanding who your existing relationships are and what um, value they can bring to what you're doing that that can kind of cause that that issue of feeling like you need to to go after strangers all the time. Yeah, that that's a misconception. This idea of like it's literally like a cold pitch, cold call email, and then something happens and I get money. Right? Like the vast majority of the time, I I want to say like, gosh with the clients we've worked with, I want to say like 80% at least of the sponsors that they get is from, you know, people they already know, somebody who, someone who they know works at a company and that person connected us with the sponsorship, like, uh, or the marketing department. And it went from there, like the vast majority of, of sponsor relationships, um, comes from people that, the client already knows and they maybe didn't realize like oh yeah that person could totally help me connect mm -hmm. right it's not a big ask to ask to ask someone that you know hey do you know someone in your company who is from this department that could help me um, right yeah um i think another one of the um underlying problems that gives rise to these questions is not um not building or not having confidence in a compelling offer Right. Not having substance uh, from from a benefit standpoint or from a value standpoint to offer potential sponsors that would get them to make that decision to commit. Um, and if you don't have, if you're not thinking about your event in that context, um, that's going to make it really hard to then do any kind of ask, whether it's a warm intro or uh, someone you already have a relationship with. Um, it makes that kind of disingenuous um, because you haven't really thought through what what you're offering. Um, and and that goes for what you're offering to your audience too, right? Like, you know, sponsors want to support something that's going to benefit the audience because usually the audience is who they're trying to build a relationship with. And if you haven't really thought those pieces through, that's going to make that um, a lot more challenging to deliver on. Yeah, and, we talk, and when we talk about offerings, um, I want to say like in the last five years we've seen how the sponsor relationships and the sponsor needs have changed a lot um and and this is where we get into kind of needing a certain specialized knowledge but i think it's something that i've learned just from doing it right like i mm -hmm. a lot of the times i end up uh having a lot of communication with our sponsors right uh and it's understanding what do they need? What do they want? And how can I serve that need and that want mm -hmm. for that sponsor? But at the same time, giving my audience um, something of value. Yeah. Uh, so the, the offering is essential. If you have no idea what you're going to even offer them, you should not be asking for money. <laughs> yeah. And, and you certainly don't want to sacrifice the attendee experience at the expense of a good sponsor experience correct, either, right? Correct, Because um, then that puts the attendees and the sponsors at odds with each other and the attendees at odds with you as the organizer. Mm -hmm. um, I think the other underlying issue is, is not either not knowing how to or not choosing to solicit the correct sponsors. 
mm-hmm. for your event. Um, it's it's one thing to look around, like say say you're organizing a conference in a particular sector, and so you look at some other conferences doing similar work, and you look at their sponsor list, and you're like, oh well, they so and so and so and so sponsored this conference. I'm going to go after them too. Well, are those actually the right sponsors uh, to to come after your event, or are there are there better choices for mm-hmm. your particular uh, offering and goals? Is there um, is there a smarter way that you can partner with different companies? Like maybe you're uh, going after a lot of smaller dollar amounts as opposed to a couple big headline amounts. There are many different ways that you can approach your sponsorship strategy um, and leverage that to target the correct types of sponsors that will that will both serve your attendees' goals and also be more willing to commit funds to supporting your event. And there is a bit of an art to it as well, because we talk about the right sponsors, but it isn't like a stereotypical, like, oh, it's a tech conference, so I can only have tech companies that sponsors. It's like, no, um, there's plenty of creative ways, companies that aren't tech companies, but they want to talk to that audience, you know? Um, so picking the right sponsors doesn't mean they have to be in the same industry as your event. It means the audience is the right audience for whatever the, the product, whatever the company is. So let's talk about some of the solutions. Um, so as we work with our clients, um, principally through the event lab, uh, process and then as we dig into um, deeper production uh, process with them, um, we start to um, we think about um, first of all, you know, how much sponsorship money do you need? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you don't know how much you're targeting and what your goal is, um, it's really hard to break that down, especially when it comes to putting together a deck, right? Right. Um, and and even using that information to target. Um, the different potential sponsors for what kind of amounts you're asking for. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a massive Fortune 100 company is going to have a different kind of sponsorship budget approach than you know a small studio or or a small business that has more limited funding, right? Um, and to that extent, you you need to understand what your sponsors want. And that's where this evolution is happening the fastest because we have seen sponsor priorities changing dramatically, dramatically in the past few years, largely in response to the pandemic uh, and the kind of the economic uh, volatility that's come out of that. Um, But um, even if we think back pre-2020 where we were doing 100% 100% in-person events, that sponsor um, sponsor goal and sponsor desire and like the types of things that they would want to sponsor has changed mm-hmm. dramatically. So it's gone from everything from, um, you know, we want to do experience, you know, we want to, yes. we, we, we want to sponsor the party. We'll just bankroll this. Right. Yes. Yes. Um, and so, so you organize it, we'll bankroll it. Um, to, we want to, we want to set up a a fancy, like, we don't like booths anymore. We want to do like a branded experience in a space. Right. Um, and, and as we, as we've like seen this happen, it, you know, very early on, it occurred to me that there are three key reasons why someone wants to sponsor. Um, there's just 
plain old marketing for their product or service. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's thought leadership, which is is and and dovetailed with that would be community support. Um, and then there's recruitment, talent attraction, um, finding people to work with. And and this kind of like varies depending on what industry you're in and and what space you're you're working in, kind of where your community falls. But what we've seen over the past couple of years is that recruitment has taken the lead as the number one reason why companies want to sponsor an event. And this comes out of the quote unquote great resignation, this massive shift uh, that the pandemic induced from office work to remote uh, work from home flex. Like how are, how are we creating a good work environment for people? And so uh, a lot of companies, especially in the tech space and the design space, are putting a lot of effort into recruiting at events, uh, and and it's not it's not like active recruiting, like filling immediate roles. This is like what they call talent attraction, right? Like making their workspace attractive to people over a longer term, and that changes the way that they want to show up and what they want to contribute to that. So just having a really clear idea of who your target sponsors are and what they want is going to help you. Um, target the right people. All they wanted a few years ago was to get, and I'm talking about tech and design mostly. Uh, a couple of years ago, all they wanted to do was get their product in people's hands, mm-hmm. right? Getting in them on the demos, trying to sell them. And now everybody just wants to do that talent attraction. That is all they care about. They want to know is the audience people who might be looking for work or, or people we could talk to, to, to create those relationships for the future. Um, it's really fascinating how quickly it has shifted and it will shift because I, it's just, people can't hire forever. Right. I wonder what the next shift will be. Um, but pulling back and generally speaking, like I remember when sponsorships and this is as an attendee, I remember when sponsorships was just like a bunch of branded plastic crap in a bag. Yeah. <laughs> Like that's what sponsors wanted to do, right? Because that was the thing to get your logo in people's faces, right? And now it's you've got people sponsoring experiences, you've got them doing uh, sponsoring a coffee bar, sponsoring self care things. But you know, it it's it really has shifted, and it needs attention. We have to pay attention to these trends and things. Yeah. So coming out of that, um, knowing how much money you need knowing what sponsors are targeting and, and why they want to show up and support your event. Um, you then need to understand what you have to offer them that will help them achieve mm-hmm. that. How are you crafting your programming in a way that that supports that without sacrificing the attendee experience? And, um, and that helps you craft a deck that will speak to them and say, look, you know, we understand you. Um, we know why you want to show up. Or at least if we don't know, we know that these are the different ways you can show up. And so we've made space for that to happen. And then here's how we're prepared to recognize that. Um, And having that kind of baseline understanding is going to support, even if you do end up cold calling um, or or cold emailing, um, that's going to support the sponsorship effort way more because a sponsor is going to review that deck and go, oh, yeah. This fits. This is 
here's our priority. This is what we're looking at. They'll look at their budget and they'll say, yeah, we, we want to show up here or let's find some way to, to work in between these two tiers. Um, or I have an idea, like what if we did something like this instead of X thing? And then it becomes much more of a collaboration than it does a sales process uh, where you are working with a sponsor to develop something that's that's special and that speaks both to their strengths, to yours as an organizer, and serves the audience's goals. And it adds to the event and makes the event better. It makes the sponsor experience at the event better. Um, everybody walks away happy. Yeah. Okay. So let's recap a little bit. Uh, the core questions that we get asked around sponsorship are how do I get sponsors for my conference and how do I make a sponsorship deck for an event? Uh, the underlying questions that feed into this, this is what I think I want question is, uh, how am I actually going to pay for all of this? Uh, how do I convince strangers to give me a lot of money? Uh, and how do I even ask them to give me a lot of money? How do I know which strangers to ask? How do I find them? Um, how do I do so from a cold pitch perspective? Well, uh, we can avoid that line of questioning by uh, first identifying how much sponsorship money you actually need to support the event and where the balance is between sponsor revenue and uh, earned revenue, ticket revenue, um, by understanding what sponsors actually want from your audience, uh, from their goals, how do they serve their own business needs by supporting your event, and then how you can then offer value to the sponsors through that support in a way that doesn't uh, come at the expense of the attendee experience, but that adds to it, that enhances that attendee experience. If you can do that, if you can identify those things up front, that will help you craft a sponsorship strategy that will then inform the creation of a good sponsor deck that uh, will then help you solicit uh, the right kinds of asks from the right sponsors. And I will add that it is a lot about knowing what existing relationships you have and how they can help facilitate uh, talking to sponsors or potential sponsors uh, that will help you avoid needing to cold pitch, cold email, uh, send, you know, inquiries to those generic info ad emails or sponsors ad emails and actually get the right people looking at your materials and considering uh, supporting your event. All right. So thanks for listening to Make It Kick-Ass. We hope our dive into sponsorship land has got your gears turning with new amazing sponsorship ideas. And if you want to explore this topic more, then go to geteventlab.com and there you can get a free copy of the questionnaire we use with our clients to help them define the best sponsorship strategy for them. That's geteventlab.com and I will see you in the next episode.